Okay, so I was traveling across the country not too long ago, and I'm sitting here spending way too much time on social media, and next thing you know, this photo comes across my screen, and it's a story that's being featured on Oprah's Instagram, and I'm looking at the photo, and how cute, that's a baby announcement, but boy, That girl, you know, it's weird how they photoshopped that photo because that girl looks really old and then really young. And I I move past it, and a couple minutes later, I'm still thinking about this baby announcement photo on Oprah's page. And I didn't read any of the description. I go back, and here's this happy couple holding an ultrasound photo making their baby announcement. But in the photo is the girl, the wife, with her hand reached back behind her, and back to back is her and another woman who looks very similar to her. It's her mother. I'm telling you, she looked very, very similar. I thought, wow, she's really aged in that photo. How weird, weird Photoshop. No, this is the announcement. This woman ended up going through with her husband in vitro fertilization and choosing a surrogate. And the person who offered to be their surrogate was her 51-year-old athletic mother who's in great shape. That's right. So her mom is carrying her baby conceived via in vitro fertilization. Okay, so I'm telling you, the image itself was mind-boggling to me. But I'm sitting here and I'm looking at it. And I'm reading these other headlines this week. There's a story that came out on the Huffington Post. I never expected to find a sperm donor on Tinder. Here's how and here's why I did it. Ultimately, why did someone do it? This is the resounding cry of our culture today. Women want to be mothers. Even if they delay having children for years, even if they've chosen contraception, even if they've had abortions, women look back and they want to be a mother. This is even the story my guest on Friday, Kim Zembar, is going to share her story about her struggle with sexuality, specifically same-sex attraction, and how even in the women that she dated, there was a point where one of them wanted to be a mother a biological mother, and wanted to go through with in vitro fertilization all of the different moving pieces in order to have a child of her own, even in the midst of the type of relationship that she was living in. We are living in a very confusing time with regard to having children, but we can't ignore the fact, again, of that innate desire for motherhood that is so real. And I'm watching my friends. I'm looking around and I'm seeing my friends, millennials, even those younger than me who are discovering this ideal of motherhood or of marriage, of playing house that they suddenly have in their mind. And they're suddenly desperately reaching for marriage, for a husband, for a wife, for a home, Again, for that plain house, even to the point where they perhaps move in with someone because they're trying to work toward that ideal, but they can't quite figure it out. Now, at the same time, I recently saw on a friend's Instagram page, she had posted and she was rather triggered because she started receiving advertisements for uh, in vitro fertilization, adopting 
children and so forth. And what she realizes, wow, Instagram is literally targeting me. What, do they know that I'm a single millennial who's still not married, dating, or who hasn't had kids? And you know what I saw there? Social media and ad targeted ad marketing knows exactly what's on the hearts and minds of young people today. They want to have a family. They want to go outside of themselves, but they don't quite know how to go about it. Will we allow this to continue to be what our culture is standing for? Of trying, but trying a little too late. This is what I see when I see that story of that photo I mentioned. Brianna and Aaron were married. Brianna had practiced using hormonal contraception for quite a while. She said, I kind of always thought it was going to happen really quickly. You spend your whole life preventing, that is using contraception. And she goes on to say, and when you stopped preventing, it doesn't happen right away. After a few months of trying to conceive and struggling with a miscarriage, her and her husband very quickly turned to in vitro fertilization after some of those miscarriages. Now remember, often hormonal makeup can be thrown off from a long period of time of using contraception. The sad part of Brianna's story is actually that through one of those miscarriages, she ended up having afterward to remove the baby who had died from her womb. She had a DNC procedure, which is also known as a procedure that's used on a live baby in the instance of an abortion. It's a dilation and curatage. In this is what's really sad. So often women are told there is no consequence for having an abortion, having a DNC, having any type of abortion, but that's a lie. And this is one part of Brianna's story that I really appreciate. She actually says, no, this isn't true. In fact, she shares that because of the DNC she had to remove the baby after she miscarried, after the baby had died, she said this actually what happens is in this case, the scar tissue from that DNC was all over inside of her uterus and made it next to impossible for her to continue to have children. It's a type of uh, condition called Asherman's syndrome that she developed as a result of a DNC after a miscarriage. This is what's very common for many women who have an abortion. So when people say that abortion can lead to infertility, this is part of the reason why, because of the scar tissue that occurs that is very, very common. Now, Brianna and her husband Aaron decide to go through with in vitro fertilization. They froze their eggs and they're trying to decide what to do with regard to a surrogate. And her mother, her healthy 51-year-old mother who's an athlete, kept offering over and over again to be her surrogate. This story isn't that outlandish. I live in San Diego. It's a hotbed for surrogacy. I'm telling you, you can go to some of the NICU wards here in San Diego, visiting friends, loved ones, kids who are just born. You head to that NICU ward and guess what? I'm sorry to say there are a lot of same-sex couples coming from other countries to pick up their child, their special order baby that they ordered, had a surrogate, end up gestating, and then give birth to, and then they fly out of the country and take their child away. It's heartbreaking to see. The good side is we see people wanting to be parents. But on the side that's not so great is that we're taking 
the child out of the context of marriage. We're taking the child out of the context and their due right to a mother and a father before these children are even created. We are already signing away the fact that they will never have a relationship with their parents. At times, even signing away whether or not they will even have a male and a female presence in their life. Millennials are discovering the ideal of marriage, family, and having children too late. And they're trying desperately to take the pieces of their life together to assimilate what they want. We can change this. There is hope. But that requires that there's an example set for millennials. An example that shows marriage and family life as a good thing. Not a hindrance to loving life. Not a hindrance to personal development. But actually a success. A success by the virtue that's developed. The relationships that grow. The little people whose lives transform their own. I found that even just since I've been married these last couple of years, I find myself engaging with my single friends in a different way, welcoming them into our marriage and even into our own struggle with fertility as it's occurred and the challenges that have come up during our own pregnancy. Because people who are single need to see this example that marriage is possible, but it's it also comes with it with its challenges. They need to see that it's a joyful opportunity. I know so many people who think to get married is to end your life, to no longer have that freedom and that free time. But that's not the case. Marriage is given to us as a covenant from God. God elevated it. Jesus Christ elevated marriage to the level of a sacrament. It's a vocation, one way, one path in life that we can take toward heaven, toward being with God. And this is where people, when they try to assimilate assimilate into a type of marriage or a parenthood situation, it's because they know that although they not only desire a child for their own pleasure, they also know that there's something that transforms within them, within their heart. This is what is so fundamental about St. John Paul II's theology of the body. He looks back to human anthropology. He looks back to the scripture from the beginning and that we as human beings were ultimately made to be a gift to others. That we've received everything we have from God and we are therefore meant to give it all back to give it back to others, to give it who we are. And there's no greater example of this than the motherhood of a woman, the biological motherhood. Her body physically changes. I'm learning all of this as I myself am going through it. I remember at one point, my husband and I were talking about it. You know, I come from a very active background, having danced my whole life since I was three years old. I'm a Pilates trainer, extremely physically active and athletic. And 
I remember as I became pregnant in the first trimester, especially because of my Hashimoto's disease, it was making me even more exhausted than pregnancy already is. And we were launching this daily radio show at the same time. And I remember my husband looking at me. He'd never seen me on the couch on my butt so much before. He kept looking at me going, what's wrong? He said, I wanted to look at you and sometimes just say, get up. Like, you need to shake yourself out of this. And I'd remember, oh, yeah, she's pregnant. She's having these symptoms. And it was a reminder for him. He looked at me at one point and said, wow, it's incredible. You're actually giving up your whole body. You're giving up the physical activity you love. You're giving up the way your body looks, everything for the sake of this child. And he's like, I I don't think I could do that. We hear men say this all the time. I don't think it's possible. It's written into our bodies as women to give ourselves to others. And this is why, whether it's at 40 years old or even a 51-year-old mother offering to her daughter who's struggling with fertility to become her surrogate for that child, this is where we see this desire to give, but people don't always know how to give. And so this is where the beauty of the Catholic Church comes into play. Will we be bearers of light and saying, this is how you transform who you are. This is how you develop your character. This is how you become a gift of self. This is the model for marriage. Or will we just say, you know what, that's fine. Do it whatever way you want. You do you. As long as you get to having kids, as long as you get to you know, some sort of marriage, as long as you get that great career spike, whatever it might be. What will we do? Will we live a relativistic type of mindset where we say anything goes and everything's right? Or will we say, no, your innate desire for motherhood is good, but let's talk about what that should look like and how it can bring about true joy, even if the circumstances have become difficult with fertility.